Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good Monday morning to you. Except to the person who decided that 3 a.m. was the appropriate time to tow a vehicle (laughs) from my street. Wait, you mean it isn't? resulting in the car alarm going off for a solid 20 minutes. Not good morning to you, whoever made that decision. Wow. Happy Monday. Uh, yeah, so the alarm went off, did it? So you're hearing... For 45 minutes last it, night. It was... <laughs> it just So if I'm not all here, it's because <laughs> I have been up since 3 a.m. And it's not like I get to bed early on Sunday nights as it is. But yeah, so when I got home last night from a friend's house watching the game, and it was probably, I don't know, eight, um, I live close to a stoplight. And there, there, there are parking spaces there. And then there are places that are clearly marked where you're not supposed to park. Uh-huh. And it's because it's close to the light. And if you take that corner at the light to what do they call that too close in yeah. like if you, if you sw- if you come in too tight you'll hit a car that is there sure yeah so they're they're trying to mitigate the damage from that because yeah, they don't want to deal with it and they don't want to deal with a bunch of people you know filing claims all the time for getting their cars hit and when i got home at 8 there were people sitting in this car that was sitting there uh-huh at some point those people got out at some point they left their car there and i woke up at 3 a.m. to the sound of a car alarm <laughs> You always worry it's yours. You live in a place like this and your first fear is that it's yours. Not that somebody's breaking into it, but that, oh man, like it's, it's on the fritz or something. It's, it's just doing what it should. No, mine was fine. And so after this going for about 10 minutes, I'm like, what is happening? Like, why is no one turning it off? Mm -hmm. Usually, yeah, there was a big tow truck out there, like the big flatbed thing, pulling it up and it took a while. And the car alarm went off for the entire 20 minutes. Wow. I, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I guess I don't know enough about how car alarms work. Because I always figured they just, they, the only time they would go off is if you opened the door when it wasn't supposed to be opened. I didn't know putting it you up on You would know a, better than I would. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't know that, you know, just the act of putting it up on a tow truck would make the alarm go off. Unless he used a, which is possible, I guess, if the guy used a Slim Jim to open the car up. To, you know, to, to try to get into it, to set the wheel or whatever. But yeah, either way, it, it just, that's, that's an oddity. And yeah, you'd figure there's better times to do that. Although, uh, I guess it's hard to tell from the outside. We don't know if the car was being towed because it was parked illegally or if it was being repoed. That's what somebody on the text line just asked. Oh, did they? Um, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. But it was only there for six hours. So they, that quickly, would, well, I guess that's not true. Maybe it was there longer. I, I only saw it there 
maybe it was there longer than that. And if you get but a the report, plaza was packed because of the Chiefs game yesterday. Right, right. Yeah, they, yeah, they're going to so, be going to all the bars and everything else. So. Yeah. Why 3 a.m.? <laughs> Why 3 a.m.? I get that it's a safety risk. I get that it's in the way. Why 3 a.m.? Six? Six wouldn't? Six? Five? Maybe Why 3 a.m.? Two in the afternoon? <laughs> you right. know, you'd be sure not to, to wake <laughs> yeah. it up. I guess, I, I mean, from their standpoint, I guess they would probably say, you don't know when they're going to come back and get it. And so if the car needs to be towed because it's in, a, in an illegal spot, you've got to get it out whenever you find out that it's there. Boy, a lot of you are saying that's when they repo vehicles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they don't want to run. three in the morning. The, the last thing they want to do, if they're repoing a car, the last thing they want to do is run into the owner. And if they figure you're asleep, that's going to be the easiest time to get away. Now, having the car alarm go off for 45 minutes in the middle of the night is, is probably going to alert the owner that you're out there. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they were probably counting on that. It alerted other people, too, because there were a couple other people that went out. There's <laughs> unlike timed parking on my street. Is that me? Yeah. Right. That went out and thought, well, should I, are they, because you didn't know, are they just towing this vehicle or right. are they towing any vehicle that is like over a line somewhere? Yeah. So it prompted activity. So I want to know who makes those decisions. And I would like to know if it's a repo. Well, and now we so know. happy Monday. And now we know you've never had your car repossessed. So congratulations sure. on that. Uh, for sure. Yes. Um, that's what happens when you just pay cash for your vehicles all the time <laughs> and just never have a car payment. I think that's usually the way to avoid that. Thanks for that lesson, dad. Yep. Um, Good on the Chiefs. Bills did not do great. Oh, no, they didn't. Yeah, that was a horrible game yesterday. But, uh, yeah, it was a nice season. It's good to know that it's over (laughs) seven weeks in. Okay. Um, Anything else from from football this weekend that is worthy of not a lot you know it was kind of McCall Hartman was good to have back yeah oh definitely and and he played extremely well yesterday and had a couple of big catches in 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 necessary moments for the Chiefs because I mean even though they won by 14 it was still kind of in doubt even going into the fourth quarter as to whether uh, I, I'm gonna forever call him San Diego uh, until the Chargers you know were finally they had the door closed on them but uh yeah once again uh, yes, she was there. Uh, Taylor Swift. I didn't was, mention it. She was, was in not attendance, me. and apparently the, there was some. My wife saw it. I didn't see it. She was like, "Oh, you missed the big handshake." And I was like, "What are you talking about?" She and Brittany Mahomes apparently have some kind of secret handshake worked out or something like that. Is that what it is? They I, did I, I a guess. handshake. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Some they did of, a thing. Did, did you see it, Colin? Did you happen to catch the big uh, Taylor and Brittany? It was elaborate. I tried not to pay too much attention, <laughs> to be honest. So Okay. You and me both. But I yes, was, I, I did see it. Yeah. I was in a state of depression all afternoon from the Bills. <laughs> well, as, okay. as a Packers fan, yeah, I can say the same. Same deal. So. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. Hey, how about those cats, though? Good for K-State getting a big win. That's true. On Saturday. True enough. I just like that Andy Reid, that people are now keeping track of how well Travis Kelsey does. Oh, yeah. When she's there versus when she's not there. And he is doing markedly better when she is oh, there than when she's not. Dude had an absolutely monster game. So was it 11 catches for 179? I mean, for a tight, that's a good game for a wideout. That's a good game for a number one wideout. And I mean, to have a tight end go almost 200 yards in a game. Yeah, he, he definitely had a fantastic outing yesterday. So nobody can complain about her that much because he's still <laughs> playing really well. Yeah. Now, if he doesn't play well. Uh-huh. Oh, you the wait. rage of the city will erupt. The worm will turn. Absolutely. I mean, the first time she's in attendance and he doesn't have an. Of course. I mean, when was the last time Travis Kelsey didn't have an amazing game? Let, let's talk about that Let for a the minute. Silence you know? for itself, I think. Right. Right. Because I'm still trying to figure out what that guy's bad game looks like. Yes. <laughs> Boy, 
Yes. Um, so to the person just said the funnier moment was when the sportscasters recreated it. Oh, no. Okay, I, this I was on TikTok too. all over the place. Okay. John, you can probably find this image or Colin, maybe you can find it. And I thought it was fake, but apparently <laughs> it was real. It was like they put up on the screen how Travis Kelsey does when um, when she's there and then how Travis Kelsey does when left to his own devices. Uh-huh. And it was like 99 versus 45 or something. But it's still, yeah, I mean, he's still one of the top, uh, you know, forget one of the top. He is the top tight end in the league. There is no question. There's nobody close. Yeah. Um, The other thing I'll just mention really fast before we move on is that we're headed for a high of 85 today. I And it's going to be 45 next Monday for Halloween. Yeah, it's the end of October, right? Yeah, just pointing that out. Okay. That it's like I had my heater on an hour ago and I'm gonna turn my <laughs> air conditioner on during the next break here. Cause yeah. So it's it's a good thing that I have the app on my phone because yeah, I always know I get those texts from Jen like three hours into the show going, It's hot in here. So yeah, yeah I yeah. have to turn it over to the air conditioner. All right. I think that wraps up weekend <laughs> events. Uh moving on here. Um, so I had a reason to be on the Missouri State Highway Patrol's website this morning, glancing through crash reports. And there was one in particular that got my attention that came out of Randolph County. Um, It happened on US 63, which gets confusing because it intersects with US 36. But this is that area between Macon, right out out in that part of Missouri. So this was near Jacksonville. And there were two reasons this got my attention. Number one was the age of the Peterbilt tractor trailer driver, because we've talked about how old you should be when you drive those. The number of injuries that were in this crash and how nobody was wearing a seatbelt including two kids, except for the 21-year-old driver of the Peterbilt. Two kids ages five and two. Yeah. What are you doing? I, how, how is a parent, could you have two kids ages five and two, just, you know, no seatbelt, crawling around the back seat or whatever? It, that's, that is terrible, terrible parenting. So this was at 1.15 in the afternoon yesterday, so the middle of the afternoon, and it was a really simple wreck. The um, the semi was in front and went to make a turn and the car behind him, it was a Nissan, didn't stop fast enough and hit it. And, and so the car behind him, the Nissan was at fault. And uh, there were just minor injuries to the 21 year old that was driving the Peterbilt. And then yes, there were serious injuries to the two adults in the car, minor injuries to the two kids. The other thing that got my attention about this, because this hits a nerve with me now, is that the driver of the Nissan also did not have insurance because it's, it's always on a crash report. Have you ever seen this? Yeah. It says none. Why? I mean, I know why, but. Because it costs money. But so do cars and so does gasoline. So, yeah. so do kids. Yeah, right. all of those well, things. Yeah. Imagine what they, yeah. What do you think <laughs> the odds are that they've got health insurance too that's going to cover what the injuries are to those kids and to themselves because they were all transported to the hospital? Well, keep in mind too, I mean, there were minor injuries to the other driver. Um, he was not transported, but if he had been, even though it was their fault behind him, again, I just went through this, although he might have insurance through whoever he was through driving his employer. for. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I'm guessing simply because of all the other restrictions. And again, if you're a driver, by all means, fill us in on what the details on this are. Even if you're a driver who is uh, a contract driver where you don't work for a company, you're just like an independent 
that that you would have to show them proof of insurance. They're not going to let you go out right. there hauling their load without any insurance. They'd have to be crazy. So, yeah, we're guessing that he is probably, I mean, not only was he the only one wearing a seatbelt, he was probably the only one with insurance. And yet, as you, oh, yeah, he did. State Farm. It's, it's right there on the yeah, report. State Farm. Yep. Um, yeah. And as much as we've talked about inexperienced drivers, he was 21. Yeah. Is that the age at which you can drive a semi? I think so. Is that the lowest yeah, I think age? That's... Or is it 18? It's 21. Yeah, because we talked about lowering it to 18. What are you doing driving around two adults in a car, a two and a five-year-old in a car, and no one's in a car seat and no one's in a seatbelt? Yeah. What are you doing? I, I just don't. Okay. Okay. It's still not a primary offense of misery, right? Not wearing a seatbelt? Uh, no, it is not. Uh, yeah, yeah, they can't I, pull you over say, just for not so, wearing but, a seatbelt. Right, if they see you without a seatbelt on. Now, what they can do and what they normally do do is if they see you and they think you're in a dangerous situation, I believe I believe there's an exception to that rule that says if there's kids. They, okay. You know, if you've got kids that are just, you know, obviously wandering around the back seat, I believe they can pull you over for that. I'm not positive, though. So, again, if you know better, by all means, do that thing. But, yeah, if you're the driver or the front seat passenger and you're not wearing a belt, they have to look for some other excuse to pull you over in order to ticket you for that. I don't know how to get people to wear seatbelts. Yeah. What else and do you And that's have to one do? thing. But your kids? So is this a function of um, kids were in car seats, but they weren't buckled? I think at five years old. Well, yeah, I had my friend six and a half year old with me over the weekend and he was in a, a big safety seat still. I like mean, that's the, not like booster, booster seat. That's, seat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they still need to be, cause they're not big enough to just sit on the seat by themselves. So they still have to be in something. Why are they not? Why is nobody, I, I just, this could have been so much worse than it was. And now there were two adults, 29 and 41. Um, and I don't have the names of the juveniles, so I don't know if this is a family of four or what. It seems like it would be. Yeah. One would think, yeah, um, at two in the afternoon. I just, what do we have to do to get people to yeah. do what they're supposed and, to? And somebody on the text line just said, well, if the truck driver wasn't at fault, why are we concerned with his age? I mean, half of it is to his credit to say, yeah. you know, the, the 21-year-old involved in this wreck was the only one who was acting responsibly. So, you know, it does say something, especially if he was indeed driving for somebody else. It just got my attention. If you've ever seen a crash report, which I don't assume anybody has unless you had a reason to. Yeah, um, well. The first thing they do is list the vehicles and the ages of the drivers involved. Then they describe what happened. So the first thing I saw was the age of 21 of the guy driving the big rig. Uh, somebody else asked what kind of Nissan were they driving? It was a Nissan Rogue, which is their small SUV. Um, yeah. I, I'm trying to realize, uh, what's is it the Touareg that's the big one? Or is it? No, that's a Volkswagen. Um, they got another one that's got a funny name that's bigger than that. But yeah, the Rogue is the, the four-seater SUV. So if you have thoughts here, 913-586-7798. We can get to a quick call before we get to a break here. Uh, James is in. Not anymore. Not okay. anymore. <laughs> Maybe we, we stole James' thunder. Yeah, we, well, we must have said something that he was going to say. But sorry about that, James. Uh, somebody just said seatbelt requirements are not an age thing. They are a weight thing. Well, I guarantee you a two-year-old fits the weight requirement to have to be if i'm not yeah if i'm not mistaken it's both uh they say uh i believe the law says something like hey, i again i only know this because i knew it in illinois it may very well be different in missouri but i think it said up to age five or at you know 45 pounds or whatever it is in other words even if you're five years old if you're still very small they still mm -hmm. want you in a car seat and i have in my head that it's age eight is it eight okay but I might be making that up. I, again, I'm going off friends of mine's kids I'll, that I know. I'll look and it up and see what eight. we can find. Yeah. 
Um, 913-586-7798. Somebody just said school buses don't have seatbelts. The last time we had that conversation, that got, but feel free. Here it is. If you want to open that part of it. Uh, Less than four or 40 pounds. Oh, wow. So even if, even if you're over four, you have to be, you have to weigh more than 40 pounds. Uh, because if you're, if you're under 40 pounds, you still have to be in the seat because the the thought there is you're going to, you're the seatbelt's not going to cover you. Right. Right. And then I know there's a difference between the lap belt and the shoulder belt and all that kind of stuff. So, um, if you have thoughts here, feel free to give us a call. We'll take a break. Be back here in just a few minutes on KMBZ. Phone number here, 913-586-7798. Okay. We go to Boston for this next story about a comedian. And I just want to describe uh, the way that Vanity Fair put it. Dave Chappelle, the once relevant comedian whose recent years remarks on women, trans folks, and those he derisively, derisively, neither one ever sounds right, refers to as the alphabet people has made him far less so, appears to have found some new people to alienate. (laughs) Do not hold back on this no kidding i and i love this one too uh this is out of the newser version of the story they describe him uh, the the very first line you want to talk about a passive aggressive slap check this out sources say recently controversial comedian dave chappelle sparks <laughs> shouts of anger as well as some of support and even walkouts while performing in boston recently controversial have you guys seen Dave Chappelle before? Like ever? Like uh, the Black Klansman? That 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 wasn't <laughs> that, it's that wasn't like, controversial. No, no, no. Like it was written by an intern yeah. who was assigned the story who or, didn't have the time to do the research. Or AI, perhaps. Yeah, yeah right, yeah. exactly. Uh boy, and how many of those have we seen lately? It's so glaringly obvious when AI writes an article, but another topic for another day. Yeah, Dave Chappelle said something and it made people walk out. Okay, must be a day that ends in Y. <laughs> yes. Uh we'll get to what his um agent spokesperson had uh-huh. to say about it yeah. here in a minute. Because if the story wasn't already weird, that just like usually your your spokesperson is the one that gets it right. Mm-hmm. Not in this case at all. We have multiple versions of this. It was the Wall Street Journal that first had the version of the story that a lot of people are picking up, but it was bad enough, and we can cite to you uh, some of the comments that he made that it prompted I don't know how many people to walk out, but some people to walk out. Um, apparently. It started when he made some comments about what's going on with the Hamas attacks and a heckler at the show told him to shut up. Yeah. And then he just doubled down on what he had to say. Yeah. When you tell a comedian, especially one like Dave Chappelle to shut up immediately, they go, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. Right. No, not exactly. That's not how that goes. So, yeah, not only did he double down on Hamas, but then he he did what comedians do. And it's kind of in the job description that if you're going to head into that kind of territory, you have to take an unvarnished look at both sides of the of the controversy. So he did. And when he started making some statements about things that he perceived Israel had done wrong, that's when people had had too much and they got up and took off. Here are some of the things that he said. Um, It all began when he said that students who express support for Palestine should not be denied job offers. (laughs) Again, the Vanity Fair version says, unaware perhaps that most GOP candidates for president want to do far more than that. 
That's a Vanity Fair version. Uh, okay, sure. I don't Whatever. know what relevance that has, but yeah, okay. Yeah. So after condemning the Hamas attack on October 7th, in which over a thousand Israeli died, Chappelle accused Israel of killing innocent civilians and committing war crimes. He also said the U.S. was guilty of aiding the slaughter of innocent civilians. Some walked out. Some of the audience reaction was mixed. Some applauded and calling free Palestine. So... But for sure, the reaction was loud in yeah, both directions. Right. And, and look, um, I, I've never walked out. I've seen a, a bunch of comedy shows in my time, and I've seen guys who are a little more edgy than others. Um, I think, you know, I'm not going to defend Dave Chappelle. He doesn't need me to do that. But uh, as, as far as that kind of humor goes, I think we're seeing far less of it now mm -hmm. because of exactly this. And I don't think that's a good thing. I mean, you know, Carlin was controversial um, and would say things that would make a lot of people uncomfortable. Chappelle does the exact same thing. And if you're going to do that, as an audience member, you have an obligation that if that kind of thing is going to make you upset enough to get up and walk out, you know who he is. Nobody goes to a Dave Chappelle show and doesn't have any idea who he is. If you don't like that, stay home. That's what I think, too. I don't... Um... I think I err more on the side of I don't like it when comedy strays into areas like this, but that's irrelevant here. Right. Know who you're going to see. Well, see, and that's the thing. I do. I like it yeah. when, when comedians take on serious issues like this and just eviscerate them. I like that. But, that, you know, but again, that doesn't matter. That means I would go to that show and you right. would stay home. No and problem. And that's fine. <laughs> exactly. Right. Of course. And, and But I think it is. If you don't research the people you're and this Dave Chappelle show can't be cheap. Yeah. If you're not researching the people you are spending money on to go see, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Now, uh, um, where I think it gets a little grayer, and if you want in on this, by the way, yeah, absolutely, chime in, 913-586-7798, because I think there is a big conversation to have about uh, about entertainment and about you know what it is that constitutes that for the audience, because I think the, the situation gets much grayer when you have somebody... Um, and I'm going to pick one from either side of the political spectrum here in the States. When when you have uh, Roger Waters, ex of Pink Floyd, on one side, who is very, very liberal and hates Donald Trump and all of the other stuff. And you have on the other side, Ted Nugent, who is very, very conservative and hates Hillary and hates Biden and hates all of them. That, that when you have those guys, if you're going to see a rock show mm -hmm. and you end up getting preached to, that I can understand somebody getting upset with and saying, look, all I want to do is hear, you know, comfortably numb. I didn't right. come here to be browbeaten with politics. Okay, but that still goes back to what you were saying. Know who you're going to see. Yes. We'll take a break here if you want in. We'll get to what his spokesperson had to say about it. Uh, coming up next here on KMBZ. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Talk about the story that we think is out of Boston, although Dave Chappelle's spokesman seems to think otherwise. Um, Dave Chappelle did a couple of shows late last week, and he made some comments about what's going on overseas, and some people in the audience didn't like it, told him to shut up, so he just came back at it harder, and then some of those people left. Some people applauded it and liked it, and it's making news all over the place. Yeah, and as you mentioned, the publicist, uh, according to the Newser article, as for Chappelle's rep, she told the paper the comedian, quote, denies being in Boston on the night in question. Uh, but TMZ pointed to his tweet placing him there. And I mean, like they couldn't just ask the audience. So do you think that was really Chappelle or was that like some kind of weird imposter? What a weird thing to say uh-huh. of uh-huh. all the of all the comments you could make. Yep. Why is the thing you can actually prove it was, the thing you say? Yeah, it's funny when, uh, oh, what was her name? Amanda Bynes, when she was in the midst of her sort of pseudo break with reality, she mm-hmm. showed up wandering the streets in Buffalo, New York, uh, and started a fire in somebody's driveway. And apparently uh, a couple of people walked up to her and asked her what she was doing in Buffalo. And she said, oh, I'm not. Okay. To them. In Buffalo at the time. It's like, oh, I'm not in Buffalo. No, you're mistaken. It's a little weird out there, gang. Diane in Leavenworth is going to kick us off on this one. Hi, Diane. Hi, guys. I I figured I'd throw my opinion in here this morning so you don't forget me because I haven't been for me. (laughs) It's good to hear you. What's up? Well, you know, remember, you'd always always hear that I don't like this on TV, and I don't like that on TV, and I don't think that's appropriate. Well, I really don't care for Dave Chappelle, but there are things that he's done and said that I'd laugh my butt off about. Sure. But the kids love him. And, I mean, turn the channel. Don't go. I mean, who gives a crap? Yeah, I I know, and I feel the same way about it. Diane, thank you. I mean, again, going back to uh, Uncle George, Carlin was the one who said, you know, there's two knobs on the radio. One yeah. turns it off, and the other one changes the station. I mean, occasionally we've been known to say that to people, so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. It's, usually, it's it follows, just said. usually it follows, you guys suck! <laughs> it's like, oh, well, you know, uh, <laughs> there, are other, yeah. there are other things you could be doing. Yeah, as somebody just said, it's like complaining about Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah. And right. not knowing what you're getting here's it yeah there. And, you know that's a perfect example because i find andrew dice clay's humor juvenile and boring so i don't watch right. um you know swearing for the sake of swearing hasn't been funny since i was about four so it does nothing for me but that means that when i see there's a new andrew dice clay special on i go mm-hmm. nah, i'll go find something else to do just like um and it does, it just, sometimes people's style you just don't like. Yeah. Is it Burke Kreischer, the one that always has a shirt on? <laughs> my boy, yeah. I don't like him. Uh-huh. No, I don't like him. He's just not it. my thing. Right. It, it, but, but that's okay. Like, I just skip through it on Netflix then. Yep. Well, okay. yeah, and, and uh, you know, it's it's funny. It's funnier to me, I guess, because Dave and I, uh, or not Dave, Bert and I, uh, went to the same high school. Okay. And so, and it was, you know, Tampa Jesuit. I mean, it was priests and very locked down and, you know, everybody had to wear ties and all of this stuff. So to see him 
come out of that world mm-hmm. is is really funny to me. And, you know, it, it's it's just, you know, kind of an interesting thing. When you have that kind of connection with somebody, it's a little bit different. But, yeah, I, yeah. I can totally see where Bert's act is not for everybody. Yeah, but that's okay. I found other stuff. Yep. Doesn't hurt me one bit that he exists in the world. Right. So. And, you know, and to that end, there's there's plenty of clean comedians that I like a lot. Uh, I've always thought Brian Regan slays me. He is mm-hmm. so funny. Uh, John Mulaney isn't dirty a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. he can be. Especially not that's, now. That's not his, yeah, really. That's not really his his shtick. And yet he is one of the most brilliantly funny comics on the on the circuit right now. And then I'll go see Pat Oswalt or I'll go see Chappelle mm-hmm. or I'll go see somebody like that. That's fine. It's funny. Um, I've probably said this before. Nate Bargatze is a comedian that has done multiple Netflix specials that I didn't know about until TikTok. Yeah. Um, he's from Nashville. A lot of his stuff is about being in the South and he's got one daughter, but he is, his, his shtick is it's all clean. It's kid friendly. It's funny, but it's clean and it's good. And I cannot, he is going to every city in America, except Kansas city. It seems like on this tour. Yep. And so I tweeted him all the time and say, can you not add one date at the Midland <laughs> to this, to this list? You're going everywhere showing that it can be clean and be funny at right. the same time. Well, yeah. And, and one of the reasons why I like him as much as I do is not only for his comedy, but what he does, he's another guy like, uh, uh, like, uh, Sebastian Maniscalco who they worked so hard to get where they are. So they mm-hmm. are always grabbing young comedians that catch their eye and dragging them up and putting mm-hmm. them in front of people. And I think it, for that reason alone, I think Bargazzi is one of the best out there. Yeah. All right. Thanks everybody for getting in here. Um, we have more stories than we will get to today about mishaps in the air in various ways with airplanes, um, uh, hand gliding, pick a thing. They're yeah. all over the place. I want to start with a couple of the airplane stories first, though. And then there's this other one that just came out. Um, there's a guy being charged with 83 counts of attempted murder because there was this jet. He tried to uh, shut down the engines. Oh. So we'll get to that one, too. Um, and a lot of this is aimed at Portland, weirdly, which is we hardly ever talk about that. Um, but we'll talk about this one of the New York Post. So I don't know if you've seen this, but you had a couple of airliners that came within less than a half mile of each other. I mean, that might seem like it's pretty far away, but they're not supposed to get that close to each other. Um, in this, it was storming over Portland International Airport last week, and it came when an Alaska Airlines flight that had left from Southern California tried to land on a runway next to where a SkyWest plane had taken off from. So you have one landing, one taking off, and the Alaska plane veered away, saw it, and saw this guy was not getting out of his way and aborted his landing. And don't you want to hear that air traffic control? Yeah, no kidding. Audio. It's like, uh, yeah, we've got about 10 seconds to figure this stuff out. Let's let's get somebody out of there right now. Um, and yeah, and, and that that's not uncommon, especially at smaller airports, to have, if they're going to have a close call, we usually think, oh, well, two planes landing on the same runway. Or, you know, somebody's landed and somebody else is taxiing. That idea of somebody's landing while another plane or somebody's landing on a runway while a plane is trying to take off on that runway, for whatever reason, smaller airports, we hear reports of that kind of thing going on all the time. And it's for obvious reasons, extremely dangerous. Uh, The aircrafts were 1800 feet apart from each other horizontally and 250 feet apart vertically. Yeah, that's Um, nothing. Yeah, a near midair collision, they say, happens when planes are less than 500 feet from each other. Yeah. So the FAA is trying to figure out 
Um, uh, what happened? A, a city block is usually about a thousand feet, so that's less than. I mean, to put it in perspective, you're talking about less than two blocks away. Wow. So, luckily, everything ended okay, but the FAA is looking into that, trying to figure out what happened. We have a JetBlue airplane that, and you got to see the picture because we're just not used to seeing airplanes look this way unless it's like a toy. But it tipped backward, basically on its back wheels at a 45-degree angle. And this one, it was at the gate. I mean, they had the little, you know, the, the little jetway was attached to the outside of the plane and all of this. And then a shift in balance. I don't know if this was from them. I mean, it looks like it was the grounds crew that was responsible mm-hmm. for this because they're in the pictures. So they must have just unloaded the baggage on the plane from the front back. Because they uh-huh. got halfway back, and all of a sudden, all the weight shifted to the back of the plane, and it just sat up. Yeah. It, again, it looks like a toy. Yeah. That, that you're doing that with, except that it's it's a real plane. Um, no injuries were reported, thank goodness, or this would have been a much bigger story. Um, and I guess this has happened before, because I have a ton of pictures now of other times that this has happened. <laughs> uh, they said, you know, they always look for the center of gravity. Yeah. And at times, and we've talked about this before, that if you're on a plane that doesn't have a lot of people on it, you will often be asked to move to balance the weight out so that this doesn't happen. Yeah. And and again, it's another one of those things we just never think about because they look so giant. You know yeah. what I mean? But in order for a plane to fly straight and level, they build them to be almost exactly on balance. In other words, you know, the same weight that's going to be on the back wheels is going to be on the front wheels. So that when they're in the air, they're not nose heavy or tail heavy. So, yeah, apparently it's that much or it's it's that close to the line is that if you get the wrong stuff in the wrong part of the plane, it just noses up. Hi. <laughs> then we have um, pilots yes, on an Alaska Airlines regional jet that had to divert to Portland as we go back there because a person tried to shut down the engines on the airplane. And it was a person that they say was authorized to ride in the cockpit. We don't let civilians do that anymore, right? Nope, not in a long time. So this had to have been a co-pilot? Or somebody deadheading. Uh, okay. You know, if you've got somebody that either works for their airline or another airline who's just sitting in the jump seat inside the cockpit because they, they need to go to, you know, to another place to fly another plane. Uh, frequently, that's where you'll have somebody extra in the cockpit. But yeah, either way. And again, it was a fairly small plane, but that doesn't mm-hmm. make the rules any different. So this is the guy. Um, I had to make sure this is the right one. This is we now know who it is. This is a guy who is facing now. 83 charges of attempted murder, a charge of endangering an aircraft, and several other charges. Uh, the statement was they were uh, the flight reported a credible security threat related to an authorized occupant in the flight deck jump seat. The crew secured the aircraft without incident. Yeah, uh, they yeah they secured him too. Apparently, they, <laughs> uh, uh, according to Daily Mail, they said live live air traffic audio appears to show the pilot describing the person as quote subdued after the incident, <laughs> suggesting that there was a struggle. He said, "We got the guy that tried to shut the engines down out of the cockpit. He doesn't sound like he's causing an issue in the back right now. I think he's subdued." That's according to the pilot talking to air traffic control. He said, we want law enforcement as soon as we get on the ground and parked. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) So again, ended okay. I think that's all that we have from the big airplanes. We've got this one out of Riley County, Kansas, about um, a power chute 
aircraft that had engine failure, which I'll be honest, that's the first time I've heard that term before, a power chute aircraft. Yeah, you'll see these every so often. Uh, they can kind of run the gamut. Usually you see them like at football games where they do the landing before the game, uh -huh. and they'll have guys in parachutes. Sometimes they're just precision jumpers, and all they've got is a suit. Other times they'll have what amounts to kind of a fan on their back mm -hmm. so that you can be a little more oh. directed, and you can, you, know, you can stay up longer that way too. And I'm assuming that's what this was. It's powered, but it's not like um, it's not like a small airplane. It's not like an ultralight or anything like that. Uh, so it had engine failure Saturday morning flying over Manhattan. Uh, and this wasn't good. Two people inside had serious injuries. Um, they were in a Pegasus power chute in the morning. One of the occupants was from Wichita. One was from Manhattan. They were rushed to a local hospital with serious injuries. And that's all we know about that so yeah. far. Um, and it doesn't take much. I mean, anything that happens up in the air like that, we've seen collisions among skydivers that have left people dead. Speaking of skydiving, uh, we also have that one, a guy out of Colorado who was about to do his 100th dive of the year. Um, oh, do, do, do. Okay. So this is, I'm getting confused about some of the names here. Jacob Jake Todd was about to hit his 100th dive of the year when the daredevil dad was killed during a skydiving event in Texas. He was from Colorado and had trouble skydiving. Parachute malfunctioned. Yeah. Um, and, and it was, again, as simple as that. They didn't describe what the malfunction was. Uh, but, you know, he's they talked about the fact that he left behind a bunch of small kids. And it was just really an, an awful it's an awful thing to happen to anybody. But they said, you know, he was one of those guys. He was something of a daredevil and had that zest for life and just you know, wanted to go out and do everything and try everything. And in this case, it just didn't work out for him. But again, it's another one of these talking about an experienced skydiver. Yeah. A hundred jumps. That's a lot. Yeah. And something happened. Usually it's a newbie. But in this case, it was somebody that had a lot of experience. So does that wrap it up? Did I did I find everything? Or I think we have we're about others? there. Okay. Yeah. The only other That's thing. Enough. Yeah. The only other thing that happened over the weekend, and this is kind of the the flip of these stories, is that the guy who's credited with starting the bungee jumping craze died over the weekend at age seventy six uh, in bed. Oh, that is not where I thought that story was going. <laughs> right? Okay. I, I know. I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, well. I mean, if you remember back to the early '80s, the guy that started the jogging craze died of a heart attack while jogging. So mm -hmm. that was enough to keep me away from it for a while. Um, but yeah, in this case, it was just you know the guy that you would expect would die tragically. Nope, he's fine and just well, he's not fine anymore. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah, died the way that I think most of us would want to. All right, I think that does it. We do have one more story we'll get to coming up about something that happened with cycling. Get to that coming up here on KMBZ. Phone number here, 913-586-7798. Um, again, Portland is like the third story we have out of Portland here today. Uh, but real quick, we said, uh, make sure you just stay on the ground. And then we had a story where uh, it didn't go well on the ground. A married couple from Portland that are described as both being executives for Nike, were riding bicycles in Napa Valley, and in a freak accident, they were um, riding behind a lumber truck that was passing them. That will happen, and the lumber slid off the bed of the truck. Yeah, and it it just lost its load. I, those those things scare me to death. Those big lumber haulers, mm -hmm. the ones that you know, have like uh, you know tree trunks stacked up on the back of them for exactly this reason. Uh, you know, I usually think about them falling off and crushing a car next to them, not two bicyclists. But yeah, I mean, can you imagine of all the bad timing in the world? You're just out there doing your thing, and all of a sudden that thing goes by, you loses all those logs, and they come off and crush you.
And we've seen that happen where you have bicyclists that are on the road and they annoy drivers and drivers will go around them. And that's what happened here. This log truck passed them and it just uh, ended horribly. So, okay. On a lighter note, Uh um, this next story you would think would come to us out of Florida. It's actually out of Delaware. (laughs) Tell us. Okay. Uh, There's a big deal every year that happens uh, in in a little town in the middle of nowhere in Delaware. Delaware is not that big, but believe it or not, there are enough towns out in the middle of nowhere. So uh, they have to have some reason to drag people to town. So they've come up with something they call the Apple Scrapple Festival. And I mean, it's it's like any fair, right? It's except the the hook for this is apples because it's that time of year. It's usually mid October, uh, and Scrapple, which is the local delicacy that I would recommend nobody ever eat except you tried it once, Jamie. It, delicacy, <laughs> I think, is is is. Um, I mean, torture's a little strong, yeah, but. It just tastes like chicken broth it's, in solid form. Yeah, and and it's not great. It's it's a they use it as kind of a breakfast sausage, but oof, yeah. man, they can have my piece. So yeah. uh, at the Apple Scrapple Festival, they have a runway uh, or a midway rather, and and so they have the same midway games every state fair has. Only this year, they had one of the businesses that was there, one of the the little booths where you could win a prize was giving away as the prize baby green iguanas, real ones. I mean, this is like where you toss the little uh, ping pong ball into the goldfish tank and you get to bring a goldfish home with you, except it was iguanas, which apparently are listed as exotic wildlife in Delaware. So it's illegal to give away an iguana as a prize. Dumb question, perhaps. Uh-huh. Alive? Yes. Green iguanas? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they were giving them away for you to take home and have as a pet. The thing is, though, you can't do that. Uh, they said green iguanas do not require a permit. However, they are considered exotic, which means they're not native to Delaware. So what they don't want is people taking them home and just releasing them out in the yard and having them become pests. So uh, they, they've advised the booth at the Apple Scrapple Festival not to give those away anymore. Uh, and they said that anybody who has one, if you don't want it, rather than just flushing it down the toilet or letting it go out in the yard, that they would like you to call the Delaware Department of uh, of, of uh, Natural Resources or whatever, so that you can uh, you can turn the thing back in, and they'll go ahead and take care of it for you. Okay. Is there a weird connection between Delaware and the green iguana that I'm not aware of? (laughs) Not that I know of, other than they don't want them there. The connection I was concerned with is I decided to look up because as a former resident of the state of Delaware, I had never heard of the Apple Scrabble Festival. Although next time I go, I'm going to have to make a beeline to get there uh, in (laughs) mid-October. Because it's not enough to just be the Scrapple Festival. It's got to be the Apple Scrabble Festival. It's got to have the apples to go with it. Absolutely. So I, I looked down the series of events that they have. And among the, hor- the more horrifying ones, on the 14th of October, we started things with, you know, a couple of concerts. They had the full array of crafters and vendors, DJs John and Bob keeping you entertained. Lifeway Worship was going to be there at 9.15. Shane Beard, who I'm guessing is another local musician, was 10.30. Uh, 12 p.m. was Best Kept Soul, followed immediately at 2 by the Mayoral Scrapple Sling. Hold on. Green iguanas. <laughs> Delaware. Uh-huh. Why is my question? It's such a weird thing to pick. Yeah. Why? I just I I I'm guessing it's a part of a long list 
of exotic wildlife that you're not supposed to have in Delaware. But uh, yeah, at least it was the Scrapple sling and not the iguana sling. That could have been much messier. I'm just looking. I can't even find it about like, do they, are they like a mascot somewhere in this town? (laughs) I'm trying to figure out what the, and where did they, where did they get them? Uh And of course I'm going to assume because you can buy anything online, like a lion, as we've looked before, you can probably just buy them online. Well, there's, there's lots of places. I'm sure even in Delaware, there, there are lots of places where you can go to a pet store and buy an iguana or a snake or, you know, a lizard or whatever kind of herp you want. Um, the, the thing is you have to have a permit to be able to do that. So now iguanas, as we've talked about before, uh, in Delaware, it does get cold from time to time. And remember the problems they were having in Miami when they had a, a hard frost and iguanas were falling out of trees and concussing mm-hmm. people when they fell on them. Mm-hmm. So that's part of it. The other thing is uh, reptiles in general, turtles are more famous for it than iguanas, but uh, they, they tend to have uh, shells covered in salmonella. Ew. So, okay. yeah, they can transmit like what we would normally consider foodborne disease. Neat. Yeah. Okay. Um, what, yeah, one of the things that you, if you Google Delaware and green iguana, there are pages that come up in Spanish warning you about the dangers of green iguanas. That's the most that I got out of it. <laughs> okay. Spanish isn't as great as it was in high school. Yeah. And, and if you go to the mayoral scrapple sling, just remember to duck. So do they do this every year? The, the I, apple scrapple an festival, event? that's an annual yeah. event every October, apparently. Yeah. Okay. Um, what time of year was I there? You were there. Uh, August, September. I was going to say summer. Yeah. Yeah. So you missed um, it. Darn. <laughs> That's. Hey, there's always next year. Um, I, I want to get yeah. video from the Scrapple Sling. I want to see what that looks like. Uh, l- listen, I made very good friends in Delaware. Mm-hmm. I Radio people that, that we met via Twitter. It was a great experience. How great is it not to have uh, sales tax? Like what you I, pay for an item when you go up to the register. It's actually what you pay for the item. Don't even remember that happening. That's pretty, so that's pretty fantastic. probably awesome. Yeah. All right. We'll take a break here. Uh, coming up in the next hour, we'll go to Des Moines. Why this mural might have to come down. Get to that coming up here in KMBZ. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.